Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Line Change. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me today is my co-host, Nick Martin, uh, Tim Kalinowski. I don't know if he took a vacation or something, but uh, we'll have to let him know that the the NHL season extends beyond the Super Bowl, um, and hopefully we'll have him back on uh, for Wednesday show and Thursday show and beyond. Uh, but I can make no guarantees. What I can guarantee is uh, we'll serve you up a pair of underdogs to start this show a Tuesday night with um, right around what, like eight games. We had a, a bunch on Monday for the President's Day plus Family Day in Canada. Happy Family Day, Nick. Um, and then we so we have a, a, a bit of a disjointed schedule, but still, uh, I think Tuesday night's somewhat watered down schedule has a lot of good betting angles. And we'll start with I want to start with my favorite underdog. The Columbus Blue Jackets, um, once again, they feature in this section quite a bit. Uh, they're better than 2-1, to one, plus 210 at the time of recording in Los Angeles to take on the Kings. Los Angeles is minus 260, a total here of 6.5. The Kings coming back um, after a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, just the, one of the strangest road trips. Results all over the place. It, the, the win against the Devils followed up that, that crazy loss against the Sabres. But all this culminates in them coming home thinking on the jackets and i just don't trust los angeles at this kind of price right now with the goaltending and uh how they've showed and and you know that columbus should be um you know a pesky bunch they we say it all the time like they they don't get the results but they do put forth the effort so i think at you know this kind of price that the black the, the black jackets the blue jackets are uh pretty good pretty good value here yeah i agree and you know the kings rattled off some really good well-played wins after that horrific Buffalo performance where we said we were done with them and all those things. But I do think it's a good time to kind of go back to, uh, you know, we, it's such a back-and-forth league, and you you do see a give and a take. And and like you said, I think some of the flaws with the Kings are still there with the goaltending. So I still think the Kings are a really good team. I think they're turning the corner. But I like this take, and I do think one way, if you want to like try to have fun with it too, the Blue Jackets to win the game and the game to go over six and a half is plus 550 at the time of recording. I think that's another 
uh, fun way to kind of sprinkle on this. If you're going to hope for maybe one of these letdown Kings performances or their goalie falls apart, that's a decent angle. And I think the offensive upside's there for the Blue Jackets still. Defensively, it's a train wreck. I thought their San Jose game was kind of just what it was. I think that that's going to be a lot of what the Blue Jackets are the rest of the way. Um, little Maybe a little more scoring talent than people expect, I think, but they're definitely going to give some stuff up at the other end. So I think that'd be kind of a fun way to target this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Real quick before we get to yours, I just want to like go deeper, a little deeper into that schedule spot. It, it's brutal for the Kings, I think. Like, So they do a four-game road trip um, coming out. Uh, so they played Edmonton at home right after the All-Star break. Then they go on a four-game swing um, through Buffalo, New Jersey, Boston, and Pittsburgh. The Boston and Pittsburgh games were back-to-back. Uh, so they travel from Boston to Pittsburgh. Then they get one day off flying across the country to play uh, the Blue Jackets who uh, will be waiting for them. So I think that, yeah, it's just a classic great schedule spot for a Blue Jackets team that is uh, making its way through the three-leg uh, California swing. So uh, there's, I think, a lot of uh, kind of off-the-ice stuff pointing to a, a good effort from Columbus here. Yeah, I agree, and I, I do like the spot for sure. And then the other, my underdog of the night, I'm going to go with the Canucks over the avalanche they're plus 132 at the time of recording after uh, immediately after a 10-7 loss versus the wild what was one of the most ridiculous games i've i've ever seen i i mean what can you even say about that but they did save demco through that entire game which i think was the plan i took the canucks and i came, kind of knowing that they'd go d smith and still a disaster but this kind of for me is just one of those things. I still think the Avs are kind of susceptible to deeper teams. I think that the Canucks are going to own their share of the play in this game. Their underlying process has improved a little bit uh, the rest of the way. I still think the Avs have been a lot of the same. They look pretty competitive in in uh, like versus teams where their top guns can just roll and dominate minutes, and the other minutes they can kind of survive. And that's kind of been pretty consistent here. I, I thought they were pretty good versus the Lightning when we picked them and they lost. Um. But that whole trip when they played elite teams, you could kind of just see that this team isn't entirely well-rounded. And I actually thought some of their flaws still showed versus the Coyotes in what was a really favorable game script for the Avs. They got all the breaks in that game. They got all the goal reviews that were really marginal. Uh, I thought the penalty, the the refing, I thought was really bad. I thought everything broke the Avs' way, but um, that kind of helps hide what I think is not the most dominant roster going right now so yeah obviously they deserve to be a favorite over the canucks right now in who are in a back-to-back traveling into colorado but not minus 160 i think that's a little too long that uh demco and net the canucks are very live to this number and especially when you talk about their scoring talent and demco's upside like they're you know they can own a little less of the play here and still win but even then i'm not even entirely convinced that'll be the case because i think they do have some uh advantages down the lineup so yeah give me the canucks for my underdog on uh tuesday's slate yep um i like that one as well and you, you touched on it. it's like it's a, a depth thing more than anything and i think you get a, a decent number here because of uh a tricky schedule spot for vancouver so that is going to put some air in the number so vancouver and columbus are our favorite underdogs off the top of the show let's go to the big board the dallas stars will travel to manhattan uh, they played uh, today in Boston, lost in a shootout. The Stars are plus 114 at the time of recording. Rangers minus 137. This total sitting at six and a half. I like Dallas here for a few reasons. For, first of all, I think that this price gets better because we saw Ottinger 
against Boston. So when Wedgwood gets confirmed, is something you like to always point out is, um, you know, this this number should, you know, even though we know Ottinger is not going to play, once the the confirmation comes, usually uh, some money does come in, or bookmakers react to the the fact that they think money is going to come in when a backup gets announced. Um, I also think we'll probably see Jonathan Quick here. I know he's been great this season, but I still want to try to take him on in spots like this. Um, even if it's Shesterkin, I, I don't want to judge a goalie off of an outdoor game performance, but um, still wobbly, but more closer to wobbly than you know elite uh, as he has been for the past two seasons. Um, so I think that you're going to get a good number here uh, on, on one of the better teams in the league because of the back-to-back spot. Additionally, like the Rangers are, they've won, what, seven on the spin? They just won a crazy game against uh, the Islanders that I don't want to talk about ever again, don't want to think about ever again. And, but that's been their MO even during this, this winning streak is like, they're just clinical. They, you make a mistake and they'll, they'll just like sit around and wait in games. Don't care if they're down two goals into the third period. They start games slowly. Um, and I think you can get away with a lot uh, with that. They, the Rangers specifically can get away with that, um, because of their power play and, and their, you know, their elite skill and playmakers and all that. But it gets a little harder to do that. Uh, I guess a team like Dallas, who's you'd imagine will be doing the same thing, right? They should be able to, they score more than anybody in the league. So um, at five on five, I like the stars chances here. They should be able to play with the Rangers on special teams as well. The goaltending with Wedgwood and goal. It's a bit of a concern, but um, given where I think this number heads, like I'm, I'll be looking for a plus plus one twenty on Dallas. I'm hoping I get it. Um, I want to try to beat the Rangers here, but the way that they're, winning um despite still not doing all that much that makes you think that they like they shouldn't they aren't playing like a team that's been on a seven game winning streak credit to them but i think that that's fair to say yeah i agree i think the time to fade them is coming it hasn't been the most convincing winning streak at all and uh yeah eventually you're not gonna be able to win games with this kind of process i definitely still rate the stars better too so no argument for me i think the stars are a better team I don't hate the over either. Like it seems a little six and a half pretty high for stars Rangers, but I still almost want to just jump in now because I feel like it still might go up a bit once Wedgwood's in. So I don't mind that. And uh, I think the stars do have the offensive firepower to win some of these matchups. Like you look at what the Rangers are doing and it does, it feels like there's flaws you can point out and then they just, they find a way but eventually the what they're the way they've won games recently doesn't seem like it'll continue. Seven game streak doesn't feel like everything's all that right. Even if you look at like some of the Rangers fans tweets from the middle of that game yesterday, and it's one game, I get it. But you listen to all the complaints about what's going on with the team and this player and that player and this line, and it it's like you can feel how it, it doesn't feel like it's been a seven game win streak. And they have had some soft wins and good spots over uh some of these teams during that time. Yeah. I'll do my best to get over that. Uh, but we got to talk about the Islanders. They are plus 122 in Pittsburgh. I mean, the Penguins and Islanders are in the same boat here, just coughing up points. The Penguins were at 1 0 on Yarmir Yager night, deep into that game against the uh, Los Angeles Kings and lose it in regulation just hours after the Islanders did what they did against the Rangers. So, you know, who knows at this team? Um, so Pittsburgh's lighting minus 146. The total here is five and a half. I think it's going to end up closing at six, just the way it looks. Um, the Islanders, once again, Patrick Y after the game said that he was, thought that game as a coach, he's like, I'm not a player. I'm a coach. I'm not, 
Um, he thought that was a positive game. He thought the Islanders played well at five and five. I thought they did too. They just, once again, uh, they have so many mistakes in them that it's really hard to trust them. Uh, I will read through a host of games in which they've blown third period leads this season. Two nothing lead against Detroit, three one lead against Carolina, three two lead against Vancouver, three two lead against Seattle, three two lead against Calgary. Those three games all came in a row. They also blew a four three lead in Calgary at that same game. They blew two leads uh, in Carolina. They ended up winning that game, but that two third periods blown before they won. Um, they blew a four two lead in New Jersey. They blew a four one lead at home against the Sharks. Two different one goal leads in the third against the Boston Bruins. One uh, nothing lead at Nashville. Lost that one in regulation. A four three lead at Colorado. And now this 5-3 lead uh, against the Rangers. I worked it out. The Islanders blow a third period lead once every four and a half games uh, this season on average. So they're doing something that's just going to kill me. Um, their pa- their penalty kill is uh, clipping at a historically bad rate. Um, they're only four points out at the time of recording of the playoffs. So uh, they're playing so unbelievably annoyingly and but well enough to keep me invested and it's killing me. Just do one or the other. Anyways, any bets here? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going back to the tie. I think uh, no need to go off it here. I like the spot. I think it's one of those ones, same kind of thing. It was funny because my tie handicap on the winter class or on the stadium series, whatever the NHL is calling it these days, um, was it, it was, I mean, it was lucky, right? Obviously, it was a little lucky, but that's the whole point. I think I put in my write up specifically, Mike, I said the Islanders are good enough to, to get leads and get ahead in these games. They're not good enough to put games away. And then I also do think it's in their head a little bit, too. Yes. You look at the Penguins, though, it's the exact same story. You could probably list the same 10 games of points yeah. they should have collected this year. And it is such a huge spot. So I do feel like that lends itself to, um, Closer score lines a lot of the time when you get both teams kind of ready for it. And the Pens have played a ton of close hockey themselves. They've both gone to overtime a lot. So plus 350 for me, I think, is another a good price. It's a fun sprinkle. It's one of my favorite bets. So I like that. I'll put a small call to action uh, to, to our viewers, too, if you want to uh, rate and subscribe. I don't always do this, but we would appreciate it. I think it's been a bit of a, a tough weekend for Mike. He's, uh, you know finding his way onto this show after what would be a TV breaking loss for me. If I watched the caps lose in that fashion. Um, I also thought I had an, a really good uh, weekend personally of picks. It didn't get much support, but got someone who hacked into my PayPal two nights in a row. So um, <laughs> if there's one thing we can ask of, it's if you can like, and subscribe, we do always really appreciate that. Thank you for that. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, it will also make our, our, podcast producers happy uh that we did that because i always forget to is a good spot for it uh one other note i just want to make about the islanders they have a minus 23 goal difference this season but they have 14 overtime losses so like i know that they've got what four or five overtime wins as well so that that goal differential looks so weird on the nhl page but it's it's not as bad as that so there are like a million different conflicting contradicting signals about this team it's driving me up a fucking wall and i just want the season to end um, it's funny anyway. that Oh, I was just gonna say, it's, no. it's funny to think about you always hear commentators say, like teams don't practice three on three this much and they don't practice six on five that much you could argue that aisles could just pra- do a, numerous practices in a row film whatever they need on just three on three and six on five and it would be the ultimate game changer for their record we this year still have no empty net goals scored i think they're out now with the rangers scoring two i think they're now outscored 11-0 this season when the you know empty nets so 
anyways, uh, uh, cheery note. So Nick likes to tie there. I can't find any fault with that. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, on that note, we'll move on to the Senators and Panthers. Ottawa in Florida uh, to play the Red Hot Panthers. Florida's uh, laying minus 220, total six and a half. I think this is Ottawa's uh, a good spot for Ottawa. Still, even on the back to back, I think this number gets bigger. The Panth, it's just a sell high spot. Simple as that. Like I, we'll see what happens in in Tampa with the Senators. Um, I think you can. We can probably throw that caveat in there that you might want to wait because I could see a pretty flat effort after they just had their season ended for like the 18th time uh, with those back to back losses against two teams that if they had won, like you, they could start. I mean, it was Chicago and Anaheim. They could have started to build some momentum and done their classic senators. Um, you know, we're still in this kind of thing, but that's now all out the door. Our futures on them to win, to have the most points in February. Well, they ended in really, the, I mean, the Rangers haven't lost a game in February and that doesn't help either. But um, I think that this price, even if they lose in Tampa, could get to a point where it's just an automatic play on a team that's still dangerous. Like you look at the paper, the on talent, the on paper talent of Ottawa, you look at their numbers Everything points to them being they should be better. So it comes down to the goaltending, and I think that you're going to catch a, a great number because Florida's just been rolling. So this is a sell-high spot, not one I'm excited. Definitely not my favorite bet on the board, but I would likely play Ottawa here. Yeah, I don't mind the Sens. Just really love the way the Panthers are playing, so it feels like a bit of a reach for me narrative-wise. But I really like, and we'll go into this a little bit more on the best bets, but I think the over 6.5 it's at minus 122 at the time recording. I would play six and a half to minus 140. I was really surprised to see that number out there. I think you look at Ottawa's strengths, still such a deep offense. They, you know, they let down offensively versus the Ducks and the Blue Jackets, but those are still going to be much more the outliers in terms of their games. I think I really like what they've been doing offensively. I love the talent that's there. I think, I mean, if you look at the way they can configure the top nine, still a really good power play unit. So even against Florida, I think they can get theirs offensively, especially in a game where they might kind of be forced to chase it a little bit. And then you look at the other end of the spectrum, and Florida's just playing at such a high level, and they play at a fast pace. And for me, this just looks like one where there's so many avenues where it can break open. And I think it if you if you want to look for you know even like some over eight and a half to mix in, I don't mind that. I think there's a good chance that this one can really just break open. So I like the over. I I think they will get to seven, but we'll see because every book's at six and a half right now. So I'm a little surprised because I thought this would kind of be if anything like we've seen a lot of sevens from the Senators lately. I don't really see how this one isn't more um, 
like shouldn't deserve that. Like for example, tonight they're at seven versus the Lightning. I don't really see much difference in this, other than I guess uh, the Lightning are worse defensive team than than Florida. But I still I think it should be priced roughly the same as that. So yeah, I definitely like the over in this one. It also should be noted that the last time these two, I mean, these are not disciplined teams, right? The Panthers take a ton of penalties. The Senators take a ton of penalties. And was it the last time they played? It was just a complete circus. That's true. The last game in Florida, right? It was a complete right. gong show. I do think there is something to that. They're all, yeah. these are two teams that absolutely just love to mess around after the whistles and stuff. And, you know, I think the Kachucks obviously get everyone up for it too. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it should be a fun high event game. We'll move on to York Washington Capitals against the New Jersey Devils. Devils are minus 170 on the road. Caps plus 140 total here of six and a half. The Devils have started to, um, I, I guess you could say they started to make their move a bit um, with a, a few wins. They did drop a game to the Kings in, in, in the midst of this like four game stretch, but the win against the Flyers looked impressive outdoors. Everything seems to be pointing in the right direction in terms of, like their five on five play. And, and I think that Jack Hughes being healthy obviously has a lot to do with that. Most importantly, it's, it comes down to the goaltending and Nico Dawes has been really solid for them. I think he's more of a band aid uh, than a, a fix for the rest of the season. But you know, while he's hot, you keep riding him. You like the devils here. I, I'm just not going to get to it because of the, the goaltending, which still scares me a bit, but um, I do think that, you can you'll make a pretty solid argument that they'll just own the puck enough and, and create enough offense that it, the goaltending kind of becomes a secondary concern. Yeah, I mean, Nico Dawes isn't going to play at this level all season long, but it also shows what the Devils are capable of with even break-even goaltending. He's been unreal the last four games, and over the season, he now, I guess, save percentage up to nine ten after the outdoor game. So he's been pretty good the whole time. I think they just have to ride him. It's up to nine twelve now. So yeah, you definitely want to stick it with stick it out with him. I don't know if the numbers will hold around minus one seventy, which is right where I thought I'd cut off here. The bet that I more expect um, people to have tomorrow morning available would be, uh, I think Kemper over 28 and a half saves is going to be a good look. I like the way this sets up for the devils. They're starting to really own the puck at five on five. You mentioned the Jack Hughes thing. I think that is obviously a big part of it. Nemich is playing really, really well on the back end. The other factor that I think's really gotten or really turning the tides for them is how good Heischer's line's been going. And uh, and Meyer in particular has found his game lately up there. And I mean, also Palat wasn't even in the lineup for a ton of the season. So um, you can see how that is a huge add compared to what they've had because Meyer has either been not in the lineup or not doing anything, and uh, Flat's just not been in the lineup. So basically a whole new top look there, and then Hughes is obviously carrying the other line. So starting to look pretty formidable again. I think they can really roll the caps here. And the other note, too, for the caps, um, I think the Fahervari ab uh, absence is more crucial than like any probably non-caps fans would realize. I think he's been their best defensive defender this year. So... That's not great either. So, yeah, I think it they'll be in tough. If they do win, I, I feel like it'll be one of those things where the Devils kind of fall apart and the Caps are kind of clinical on their chances at the other end as they just try to, you know, kind of turn the tides and go the other way. All right, on to uh, the Jets and Wild. Minnesota is a plus-136 underdog in Winnipeg, minus-164 for the Jets, a total of five-and-a-half here. Both of these teams will be playing the second day in a row. Uh, as Nick mentioned, the Wild just played an insane game against the uh, Canucks that ended 10-7. Uh, it was a Big Ten game. Uh, the 
Jets and Flames are in the middle of playing a pretty wild game themselves. It's 3-3 in uh, the second period, and Sean Monahan has a hat-trick in his return uh, to Calgary, his first game in Calgary um, as a Jet, I should say. But uh, So we're going to see Brossois, and I don't really know who for the uh, for the Wild since they played both. Um, we'll find out tomorrow. Nonetheless, I still like the Wild at, at this kind of price. I don't think it's going to hang around. Unfortunately, I wouldn't really play it below um, plus one thirty. It's it's we've we've talked about this with the Jets for a while. Like they're a solid team. They'll they'll grind you out. They'll they'll grind to results. They'll kind of like long term over an eighty two game season. Like you'd expect them to win more than they'll lose just be uh, in a considerable amount because of their goaltending and their kind of structure, attention to detail, but putting teams away or getting separation uh, is not going to come easy to them. And that's what you're looking for out of a, a favorite at this price. So we'll see. Um, plus 130, I think, uh, is, is fine on Minnesota or better. But um, another one that I, I I have a couple other bets I like more uh, than, than this one on the wild. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But I think still five and a half. I like a bet if you can get uh, better than minus 135 on that. I think... My expectation is it ends up being flurry because of chances are, I think that was the plan going into the back-to-back, -back, right? So the goalies might've already known. And then also Gustafson was the one who really got lit up and like did, had the damage going against him. So I feel like if that was your plan, you're probably not reaching to be like, all right, yeah. we're not going to get flurry his chance when like Gustafson just mm -hmm. kind of blew his. So um, I'd expect him. I mean, really they've actually been pretty comparable all year, but I still just feel like I can't get it out of my head that Gustafson's not better. And then, yeah, Bersois for the Jets. And then I've talked about it um, kind of a fair bit lately, and it's obviously easy to make the case after they score 10 goals. But I do think the Wild are going to continue to look better offensively. I think they had a lot more offensive upside than they showed kind of throughout like a hideous January. So I feel like they're probably still trending at the low end of their totals just based off like that sample of play. Um, so yeah, I like the Wild and I like the over here. I think both those are really reasonable looks and yeah. Okay. Before we get to best bets, we'll wrap up with the uh, predators and the Vegas golden Knights at the time of recording. Nashville is plus plus one twenty two. Vegas uh, minus one forty six. And the total here uh, is currently sitting also at five and a half, a lot of five and a half in the early going here. It's not something you, you see all that often uh, in the modern, the modern NHL. I, I want to I want to talk about the 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 Predators and the Sphere thing because I think it's kind of funny. Uh, their head coach, I guess the team had organized a trip to the to the Vegas Sphere during this road trip to go see U um, two, and head coach Andrew Burnett canceled it because the team was playing uh, and I quote like they're looking forward to vacation, uh, which was a funny thing to say about a team that and and a league that just came back from. Uh, and also break, they responded uh, in, with a win in their last game, uh, but against the St. Louis Blues, and now they go, uh, they go to Vegas. But it's just been wobbly for the Predators of late. Didn't look all that great against the the Devils in that four two loss. Then they got absolutely trashed by the the Stars in a nine two loss. They respond against the Blues team, but we we think the Blues are pretty pedestrian. This this one on the road in Vegas with all that baggage and. I would need a bigger price on Nashville than this. I'm yeah, I'm kind of right at Nashville or pass here. I still think this kind of recent play is a little bit of like a, a low spell and like a larger sample of their play. Uh, I think they can 
make this tough for the Knights. And I think they can kind of go in there and compete. They've got subs. I feel like the avenues are there. I actually got on this early hoping that Vegas would just think that the Preds were marginal enough that they could play Hill today. Um, but they are going to play Hill tomorrow. So didn't quite work out on that front. But I'm just right, right there with the Preds. I don't mind them. Um, these feel like the kind of spots, too, that teams recently have really been getting their chances versus the Knights, even as the um, roster is stabilized a little bit. They're still like the Knights are getting outchanced really consistently. And their last 10, they are they own the eighth worst expected goals rating. And I think it's looked like that. Like when I watch them right now, I can't think of many performances where I've been like, damn, Vegas played good that game. There really hasn't been many of those. It feels like the wins I've watched have been like, oh, okay, Aiden Hill was awesome tonight, and they finished a high like high percentage of their chances. I don't think there's been many where you were like they played a really complete game, right? Like I feel like the one that got a lot of attention was that Oilers win. But I also thought even that game, I mean, the Oilers hit two posts. They clearly own more of the puck. Dreisaitl missed an empty net, and Vegas was clinical at the right times and held on with some good goaltending. Um, but I don't think that makes you worthy of this kind of a price tag, maybe versus the Preds, I'm kind of close, but I still think that in a lot of these games, they are getting credit for their their priors, their Stanley Cup, all of that good stuff, which, I mean, in time, I still, I'm not worried about Vegas, but I think that when we're just talking about the dog days of the regular season for them, um, I don't I don't think that there's much reason to expect them to turn it around too, too much. And that they're probably it's, I think in the short term, it's going to be profitable to keep fading against them. Um, the other thing I'll throw out there too, for the Knights, as they kind of look to just tread water here, they're so locked into what they're in, in the division. Yep. Like they're not catching yep. uh, the Canucks with what's in hand. Yep. It'd be nice to get home ice advantage in round one, but um I don't think it's in the world. I don't think that it's like bulletin board material for them or that they really care. I think they're just kind of trying to, you know, get there and try to ramp things up in the final month. So I'm not too high on them right now. It's not like a thing that I'm trying to say they're a bad team at all because it could, when the playoffs come around, if they ramp things up and they get Eichel back in the mix, uh, could be a whole different look. But yeah, for now, I think I want to keep fading them. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh think we heard so much about this with Tampa and Toronto the past couple seasons and uh we're not hearing about it as much but it's I mean the the Oilers are 15 points back of Vancouver and I know they've got games in hand and they're the Oilers so maybe they can put some pressure on Vancouver and the Knights are what 12 points back it's it's pretty clear what's going to end up happening uh in the Pacific Division bracket so uh I think that is a fair point and one just to keep in mind when you're uh looking at at teams like Vegas like you said like that that Oilers game kind of was like a preseason game in a way for for that playoff series and they'll get up for those ones I'm sure they'll get up for games against the Canucks and other but there will be some sleepy spots uh to look to go against this team so I'm glad you brought that one up all right uh let's just uh kind of circle back on our best bets for me it's the Dallas Stars like I said I think you you'll be able to get a better number uh than what we're looking at right now which is plus 115 ish um when Scott Wedgwood gets confirmed Dallas is in New York to play the Rangers I think that as a the, the stars are like a tier or two above the Rangers. The Rangers are on this crazy seven game winning streak, but they've caught a ton of breaks to get there. Their five on five play remains uh, a bit lax or pedestrian. It just comes down to uh, whether or not they can make up for it on power play and in goal. And I think against a team like the stars, that becomes a, a much trickier proposition. Uh, what's your favorite bet? 
my favorite bet is the over six and a half in the Sens game. I feel like I've said that a lot these couple of weeks, especially some of the Sens are playing every Tuesday and Thursday. But I can't see how there's six and a halves out there for this game. Florida's got one of the best offenses in the league. They play at a high pace too. Recently, like they defend extremely well, but they're getting as many chances as anyone in the league. They're right there with Edmonton in terms of expected goals for. So you talk about that kind of an offense playing an up-tempo game versus the Sens. Um, the Sens themselves, their offensive, like they're creating the seventh most chances over the last month in the league. And again, I think that makes sense. You look at the talent on the roster, ton of offensive firepower in the top nine. Really like what they're doing there. So I think both these teams want to play up-tempo hockey. The analytics agree with that because they're both right at the top in terms of expected goals for and the senators goaltending is trash so there's any any like there's always a chance that they could just have numerous softies go in and help us get there so i like the over in this one i also don't hate the bet on both teams to go over two and a half i think that's um always a solid look it's out there at plus 160 at the time of recording and i would go down to plus 140 i think that um as as good as this, the Panthers have defended recently, I still feel confident that the Sens can, on average, get theirs versus any side, even if they kind of let down versus the Blackhawks and the Ducks. And I also think there's kind of something to that because I think it it's a different way that they go about. Like, those teams want to play the Senators versus the way the Panthers want to play the Senators. I don't think they're going to try to button it up or anything like that. So, um, yeah, 6.5 for me on this game is just too low. And I don't know if it'll close at seven, but I, I think some of the numbers should hold because it's, we'll see. There's a ton of the books are just been sitting right at six and a half and minus 125 all day. So, all right. Uh, so that does it for this episode of Line Change. We'll be back uh, for a busier than normal Wednesday slate. Tim will be back in the third chair. We think um, if you missed it, the underdogs at the top of the show, Nick liked the Vancouver Canucks against the Colorado Avalanche. I'm going to take a shot with the Columbus Blue Jackets in Los Angeles uh, against the Kings. And then our best bets came in on the Dallas Stars uh, for me against the New York Rangers. Uh, Nick is looking at the over six and a half in Florida and Ottawa. Thank you again for listening. Please do rate, review, subscribe, um, all that good stuff. Don't hack Nick's uh, PayPal anymore, please. And um, thank you to our producer, Noah, for all the hard work on the back end. And we'll see you... I want to say. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.